Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we get to begin a new church year. This text and this podcast discusses the first Sunday in Advent, and we're going to look at St. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, and the epistle and the Old Testament reading. But in this, it's really interesting because we set up for Advent. And Advent is the expectation of waiting, that you're waiting for something to happen, uh, Advent of something to come. And of course, we are preparing for Christmas, the celebration of the birth of our Lord, the birth of our Savior, the promised one from all the way back in Genesis 3.15 and throughout the prophets, we have the promise of the one who would come and save us. We are waiting for his coming, his advent. And today, the gospel lesson is kind of interesting. It is on the night in which our Lord is betrayed. It actually is the preparation for that. And you have the very well-known event of Jesus sending his disciples into Jerusalem to prepare the upper room. And we have this statement from Jesus, and again, this is St. Matthew chapter 21. Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what is spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of the beast of burden. And the disciples did as Jesus directed. And this is the triumphal entry. Jesus is coming into the holy city of Jerusalem. You have people putting palm branches down. They're putting their cloaks down. They are recognizing the king of glory is coming. And they are shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And this text is so interesting to begin our Advent season. When we start looking at Advent, we, we need to remember the promises of God. God promises to do all that is needed for our salvation. He promises to fix what we have broken. This Fixing comes in the birth, in the sending, in the receiving of Jesus. And so to begin this Advent season with a triumphal entry is wonderful. It really actually sets the stage for all that God promises to do for us. And we get to know that Jesus comes in our time, in our space, and our flesh to fulfill God's law, God's will, God's commands, God's statutes, God's everything on our behalf. 
And there's this interesting statement, and this is verse 10. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And I really love this because the crowds, in this verse 11, the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And that question, who is this? I would like to explore just a little bit with you because I think it's a big question. And there's other questions that go with that. Not only who is this, what does this matter to us? And especially now, why does it matter that Jesus entered into Jerusalem? Why does it matter that Jesus was born? Why does it matter that Jesus is promised? Why does it matter for us today? This happened some 2,000 years ago. So with this, of course, it's really easy to say, well, he's the Messiah. He's the promised one. He is the seed of the woman who will come and save and rescue us. Well, right there, we need to realize that we need to be saved and rescued from something. What is it that we need to be rescued and saved from? Well, of course, this is sin, death, and hell, the unholy trinity. And we need to confess this. We need to believe this. We need to understand this. If there is nothing from for us to be saved from, then who is this? Well, he's just a nice teacher. He's just a nice guy. He's just somebody of history, this Jesus. But you of faith know that that is not true. Jesus is so much more than just a historical figure, a good teacher. He is the prophet and the prophet, the one of heaven, the one who comes down to and for you. And so this who is this question is just amazing and should really be on the forefront of our thoughts. Who is this that comes to us in his glory, in his mercy, in his compassion, in his love. We have nothing on this side of heaven that matches the work of God in Jesus. We have no example, we have no model, and it's truly the simple fact that Jesus breaks all the models because he is the fulfillment of everything that is broken. All the those who were before him, King David, Moses, Noah, all the other prophets, all the other patriarchs, they were glimmers of what Jesus is to be. But Jesus is the only one who can be Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can be Messiah. Jesus is the only one who can be God incarnate in the flesh to and for you. This is who comes. This is who this is. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made. This is the joy of the celebration of this text. God breaks into our time, our space, and our flesh to do what we are unable to do. He comes into the holy city of Jerusalem. He comes to you. He comes to your church. He comes to you and resides in you as the Holy Spirit opens, reveals, and bestows this wondrous gift upon you. But then the question still remains, what is this for? What do I need to be saved from? And of course, it's sin, death, and hell. But we need to really make sure we understand this. Your sin, 
the tiniest sin, the littlest sin, that white lie, that that little thing that nobody noticed or nobody knows, that earned you a place in hell. Your temptations that you continue to succumb to, the fallenness of everything you think, say, and do is what you need to be rescued from. This is why God comes. I was once told that if everybody of all creation was perfect, but yet just me sinned, Jesus would still come. Jesus would still die. Jesus would still redeem the fallen. That is me, or that is you. And we need to remember, that is the bigness of this work. When we hear the prophets say, Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey. We need to remember that the majesty of God Almighty is coming and working. He is riding into Jerusalem. He is riding into the holy city. He is riding into his creation as king and conqueror. And notice Notice, dear listener, that he doesn't come on that huge white steed. He doesn't come with pomp and circumstance. He doesn't come with trumpets blowing. He doesn't come with the army of angels, all which he absolutely deserves. He comes riding a donkey, the beast of burden, because that is exactly what he is for you. He is the one who takes your burden of sin. He takes your burden of death. He takes your burden of hell. And he takes them gladly. Why does he take them gladly? Because he loves you. Because he wants you. Because he opens the door to heaven, to forever, to the resurrected body of life everlasting in his glory, all out of his compassion for you. That is at the heart of this text. When Jesus opens himself up to you, this is the promise of his coming to you, the advent of his work, of his glory, of his promise. Well, and then the other situation with that is the simple fact that we have all of that right here, right now, and not yet. I do not have the resurrected body. I don't have the perfected body. My will does not match up with God's will. I still live a very selfish and sinful life. But, and I get to really say but in the grammatical sense that it negates all the other things, but I know where my forgiveness is. I know where my salvation is. It is the one who has prepared all things for me, all things for you. I get to join in with the shouts of the crowds as they receive the Messiah, the King, the Promised One, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Those are the words of my lips. Those are the confession of my heart. Though I get to be united with all those who have believed, who currently believe, and who will believe knowing that God has come. The advent of salvation is here, and we wait for the fullness of the resurrection. And so no matter what is taking place in your life, you get to face all the hardships, all the trials, all the problems, knowing and with hope 
and the promise of life everlasting. This is why Advent is such an important season. It doesn't just give us time to prepare for Christmas. It gives us time to remember that we are in a constant state of preparation. We are in a constant state of looking forward to the bodily resurrection, the coming of our Lord, the advent of the fullness of eternity. That is what is laid before you in this gospel lesson. And because it is laid before you, you get to hold on to this in the truth of what it is, the work of God to and for you. In fact, we have the, uh, the Old Testament lesson from the prophet Isaiah. It shall come to pass in the latter days, welcome to the latter days, that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted above the hills, and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. And that is exactly what is given to you through the preaching, through the teaching, through Bible class, through the gathering of the divine service to receive word and sacrament, the promises of all that is given to us in and through Christ. This is the sure and certain hope that comes and flows through the work of the Holy Spirit. And I love the statement from the prophet Isaiah. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go. And you again, you hear this excitement. You hear this promise. You get to hear that they know who is there and what is given there. The fullness of God, the fullness of the promise of the Messiah, all of Jesus is right there for you. Not only does he promise to come, but he promises to come and bring the true peace, the peace that only he can bring, the peace of knowing that the wrath that each and every one of us deserve has been taken away, that the wrath of God that we have earned is now replaced with the mercy of God. The work finished, completed, and fulfilled in Jesus is bestowed upon us. This is what we look to. This is what we look forward to. And that is exactly what the prophet Isaiah was pointing to in the Old Testament lesson. And this is the joy, the fun, the excitement, the anticipation God is coming in Christ. God is coming in Jesus to and for you. And how can we not just be excited? How can we not have this be the motivation to not only tell others about this love, but to live it out in acts of mercy, in acts of faith? We do not hide this, for this is the fullness of what we are in Christ. And St. Paul, talking to the Romans, he just flat out says, stop doing all the immoral things that you have been doing. Change your ways because the Lord Jesus Christ is yours. In fact, he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires because your desire should be the fullness of what God gives to you in Christ. Prepare yourself, prepare your heart, prepare your church, prepare your home, prepare your community, prepare your world. The Messiah is coming. How do we know? 
This is what is revealed to us in the scriptures. This is what's revealed to us through the faith created and sustained by the Holy Ghost, who shows and reveals you, reveals to you these great and wondrous treasures of forevermore. And again, when we have the triumphal entry, this is Jesus coming and saying, I have conquered life. I have conquered death. I have conquered sin. I have conquered the grave. I have conquered hell. And I open to you this day forever and ever. And I always love to say, and forevermore. That's forever plus more. The more is God. The more is heaven. The more is everlasting life in perfected glory with all the saints here and now and forevermore. We get to truly answer, who is this? This is the one who has come to redeem me. This is my Savior. This is the one who humbled himself to save a wretch like me, who brought me out of the depths of death, who brought me out of the depths of sin, who brought me out of the depths of the hell that I have earned, so that I will be with him and be like him, living forevermore in the promise of life everlasting. So as you get ready for Thanksgiving later this week, think about the promises that have already been given and delivered. Think about the preparation for Christmas. Think about the preparation for salvation. Think about the preparation of faith. And this is all an active life. We don't just simply sit and wait. We get to live, and we truly get to live in the fullness, in the promise, and the life that is already ours. And dear listener, how can we not be excited? I know I've said that a couple of times, and if you could see me, you could see my arms and me trying to be really still and not squeak my chair because this is exciting. It's exciting to talk about. It's exciting to reveal. It's exciting to live out. But it is also hard. It is hard because the world tells us otherwise. And as St. Paul says, make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Those are the things that naturally come to us, naturally challenge what is given to us. This sure and certain hope is sometimes veiled with the pains, the hurts of this life, with our wants, with our desires for the flesh and the things of this world. But you have already overcome the world because Christ has already overcome the world. Live these out in the sure promise that because Jesus has triumphantly entered into the city of Jerusalem, conquering all that needed to be done, all that would take you away from his love, it has been taken away that you get to stand in all boldness and all confidence and the promise of life, the promise of his unending love. Let us truly rejoice. Let us truly prepare this Advent season for the coming of our Lord here and now and forevermore. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. 
I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.